Yeah, right. yeah, I think so. <laughs> Absolutely, go for it. I mean, um, I'll give you some give you some time to let people know who you are. I guess. Ah, okay. So I, I have to introduce myself. Well, uh, that's a tricky one. Who am I? <laughs> uh, well, I'm uh, Hungarian born. Uh, you can call the. Well, I would characterize myself uh, before as a full-time coach, part-time athlete. But now things change a little bit. And uh, let's say almost full-time athlete and part-time coach. So living in, uh, living in Spain, Mallorca now for, well, it's been back and forth for two years, but it's been very consistent for the last, uh, last year. I've been here with my girlfriend, Gabby, uh, we're training here. We have an amazing box, an awesome team. And uh, our coaches here, our training partners are here. John Singleton, we're working with the program. And uh, it just has been a blast. Uh, great um, training conditions. And uh, yeah, I got the mountains, got the sea, got a giant gym, C23, and uh, living the life. Yeah. It's, living the uh, life. Yeah. <laughs> it is that it is basically. I when guess. did you get into coaching? <laughs> uh, coaching, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting because um, so my parents are both uh, PE teachers, and um, well, they didn't. Besides school, they had their own separate businesses, and they didn't really run it the traditional way of hiring employees. They they have a or my parents rather have a, a climbing call. And my dad organizes uh, ski trips for the local schools and schools around the country uh, during the winter. So we've always been this, uh, there were um, responsibilities that are fallen us uh, by them. Uh, So we got into coaching or supervising similar age kids as, as us or a little bit younger uh, since we were kids uh, rather this has been on snow or in the climbing call just helping them out so being around them uh, we picked up a lot of well unconsciously I guess a lot of uh, coaching uh, qualities if you can say that me and my sister and my brother and uh, I always enjoyed my path uh, well the path that I was about to choose is to become a ski instructor. So after high school, actually, or during high school, that was the goal to go into, um, go to Austria and uh, get into an institution for ski instructors and then sort of chase the winter uh, all year round. Uh, but that changed the CrossFit. And then after high school, I went, I studied for a very, very short time and then uh, dropped out of university. And, uh, but I was studying to be a PE teacher. That wasn't something that I was too passionate about or too driven after seeing how the, how the university worked. And, and, and uh, yeah, and then basically took my level one. I can say to this day, at that moment in time, that was, that was the, the biggest wow thing I've ever done. It was an eye opener being around like-minded people obviously the level one flow masters and all the staff were amazing and just came away with this boost and adrenaline boost and was just ready to uh, hop into CrossFit with both feet and 
I have been training CrossFit in our backyard and in a local gym and in the climbing hall for two years prior to that. But I had a taste for coaching and there was a, there was an opening available at the, at the gym that I was working there. But one of the criteria was that I have to take a level one. And then at the time, uh, just a freshman in, or in, in college and, uh, a thousand bucks seemed like a lot, yeah. but uh, my parents helped me out and then they managed to finance it. And uh, well, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, took the level one and, uh, and started coaching and uh, have been coaching since, well, it's now going on six years now. That's awesome. Like, it, it's funny how people like they end up doing the level one and jumping in and in that environment and the people that they're around just it gets them hooked. Right. And then they just can't turn back after that. No, 100 percent. And also, you know, the level one as a course is um, it should be a spark to ignite a flame mm. for more learning, for more development. But for that is a tremendous weekend right but as it is i wouldn't say it's enough to be a coach or a good coach or or or, or a, a professional in your field but uh but it's a fantastic fantastic weekend that uh, i would encourage everyone who's interested in crossfit or have been doing crossfit to take part and then you know there are a trillion other courses that you can take but uh, yeah even if um even if you didn't want to go down the whole crossfit route it still opens up those doors, right? And the the connections you end up making, like you said, with those like-minded people, it's just it's just incredible. Like um, I literally had a lady on maybe two weeks ago that I met at my level one. Like this was oh, yeah. six, seven years ago, maybe five years ago, when, anywhere between there. Um, and it's like, we're still in touch, still like bounce ideas off each other. You kind of see each other go in different directions. And then obviously we, we live in a technology world. We can, we can stay connected and stuff like it's, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Like it really does open up doors for people to, to, to go down. And I think it's, uh, I think it's a really cool course. I agree with you. And, uh, it's like funny things like, um, Obviously, I have been developing my own coaching style over the years and then taking bits from here and there. But there are, there are still uh, certain things that I, you know, the way I would teach the power clean, there was still a couple of cues that I take from there. and just find, you know, like there are a couple of like uh, practical jokes that get a little boring after a while. But if you have all these new people circling through, you know, they can always make them laugh. And uh, it's just small bits and pieces. Mm. sure yeah absolutely uh i think i think the people that take the the level ones and level twos like the the red shirts are absolutely awesome like the way they end up flowing through the uh like like you said a flow master they flow through the class and the and the weekend like just taking points from them and then trying to transfer it back into a into a class is like it's challenging enough as it is yeah it's it's kind of funny because it has been uh well, I took the, the level one and then I was like, well, I just, I don't want to be just a coach, right? I want to be a flow master. I want to be a seminar staff member for CrossFit. And for a while that has been the goal. And uh, yeah, well, 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 the goal changed over time and uh, and now competing is, is the main goal within CrossFit. But who knows eventually, 
down the line. It's a, uh, it's tough with with family or with a girlfriend or, but uh, it's definitely a lifestyle and it must be an amazing job. Mm. Uh, how do you think uh, like competing's kind of like veered you off that path a little bit? Are you gonna go down there like you said? Um, I don't think so. Uh, things changed a little bit, and uh, we actually have a business now. And uh, in Mallorca, we have a we have a box, and we have another one where we train. And I, I do some uh, online coaching as well with a couple of high level athletes that we have, and uh, training myself as well. It's busy uh, schedule. Yeah, it so, takes up a lot of your time. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, being an athlete is definitely a, a 24 hour job, right? Mm-hmm. Every day of the week. And then most of us have to have, uh, I don't want to say necessarily a side hustle because I do genuinely enjoy coaching and online. I do coach in person as well at our books. And I also have online clients and I enjoy, I, I thoroughly enjoy both. And I would, even if I would be, in a dreamiest financial scenario, I think I would still do it mm. uh, just because I have the passion for it. But, um, but yeah, the retro thing is, is not on the horizon, mm. at least at the moment. So that's a really interesting point of like how, um, like kind of balancing and juggling the whole athlete side and the coaching side. Like I've, um, I've seen it a couple of times where, you know, someone will, will try and do both and it will end up putting them into the ground. They will just, they'll have no energy to do, to do either one, you know? So how would you, how do you personally juggle, juggle those two balls? Um, I think that, yeah, there are a couple of things. I think the, okay, how should I put this? <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, in CrossFit over the years, it's just personal experience, but in CrossFit over the years, I've seen more coaches that I can count on my hands that took up coaching just because they wanted that 24-7 gym access so they can be an athlete, yep. right? So then they, they didn't necessarily become coaches because they wanted to coach. They want to be an athlete, but how can I make a little bit of money and how can I have constant gym access? Well, I, I have to be a coach, right? So... So, so, so this is this is one of the things, and then the other thing is from a coach's perspective. So, so, so here's the two sides of the coin. One, if you ha- if you want to be an athlete, but you coach to s- somehow support it, I don't think that's the right way to go about it. Because because you're gonna end up doing um, I don't want to say a shitty job at both. Because obviously there are good athlete coaches out there. But if your sole goal is only to compete and you supplement it with coaches, coaching, I don't think that's the right way to go about it. On the other hand, if your passion is to coach, at least at the moment, generally in Europe, mostly in South Europe, the CrossFit coach's salary is, you better have gone and, 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 and clean toilets. And it's not to degrade a cleaning ladies or, or a sanitary job. But gyms pay so little to the coaches that it's very hard to be a full-time coach, provide quality service, and also get paid. Because most of the time when someone asks you, okay, what do you do? Well, I'm a CrossFit coach. They're like, okay, that sounds like a fun job. Uh, Because they don't look at it as a 
as a as a proper as, as a proper nine to five job, right? So my my point being here, if you want to be a good coach, and you also want to make a decent salary, you cannot coach six, seven, eight classes a day because if you ever coach the class, you will know how much energy that goes in there. You have to be you have to be teaching something. You have to entertain the people. You have to pay constant attention of what's happening. You also have to be crowd management at the same time. And then most of the gyms, you also have to make a shake at the end of the class for one of the members and you have to sign up two new people and then you know tell them where to buy their uh, CrossFit gear. So I don't necessarily uh, remember what was the original question. So I'm sorry about the, That's about right. the long rant, but... Uh, but yeah, um, being a CrossFit coach today or being an athlete uh, is not necessarily go hand in hand. And I don't think it should go hand in hand unless you have a passion for both and you can make it work. Hmm. It can be it can be something that you do, but there's, uh, there's Brad Fikowski. He has been, I don't know what he did exactly. He was, in, maybe I'm trying to say accounting or something like that, but hmm. he did have a nine to five job or at least for a while, and also could manage to be an athlete at a very, very high level. So I wouldn't recommend if you want to compete in the sport of CrossFit to go down the route of a coach-athlete role. It's definitely hard, isn't it, trying to juggle the two? And, like, um, I think it's Ben Bergeron that says, like, there's, there's, like, three heads of the dragon, right? There's, like, your social life and your sanity. So family, all that goes in there. Coaching and... and and um, being an athlete and you can only feed two of them. So like there are those exceptional people that can coach and can train and be competitive within a sport, but then that's it. They have no life, life, whatever that is. They can't really see their family that much because their time's taken other, other places. So it's like, it, it definitely is a, a juggling act, but you, you touched on something really interesting and something that I actually speaker or i've spoken about very much recently with a lot of coaches as a whole like i guess business model for coaching right of how coaches make some money make a living wage never mind just like a minimum wage um and like because i personally think the whole you get paid per class is is wrecked like that's not the way to do it because like you said you'll end up driving yourself into the ground to make ends meet um, but that just poses the question of different models and what, what models of, um, of coaching and like running a gym have you seen worked? Uh, well, I met with a, uh, with a bunch of uh, box owners um, throughout the years and um, they all have a different take on it. But I, I would say most of them would agree that opening a CrossFit box doesn't equal robbing the national bank, right? At the end of the day, the CrossFit box will remain a small business. In my personal experience, keeping a box with around 100 members or so, where you know what their names are, you can keep a calendar of their birthdays, maybe you know the family a little bit, you know what their pet's name, you know, just getting to know them a little bit more over a hundred members. I think you will start to lose that 
personal community feeling. Mm. So it, if you look at that, what is the average membership fee, right? Um, in Spain, it would shift around 100 euros. It's it, in Europe in general, maybe it could go up to 150, maybe it could go down all the way at 75. It's going to be in, in that range. So I have to see, okay, in a, in a, in a hundred people gym, I want also, I, I'm as an owner, I cannot take all the classes. I have to have employees. Um, I have to feed my own family. I have to keep a business afloat and I also have to pay coaches. Now, what a good business model is, I don't know per se. I just seen a couple that did not work. And if I would have to come up with my own, I would probably not try to reinvent the wheel, but take away the ones that are, has been working. I have been working at one, two, three, four, four different CrossFit gyms. And the current one is the best one. And after actually coaching for six years, maybe I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but this has been the first time when I was actually employed properly on paper. I have a health insurance paid and, uh, and, uh, all my papers and everything is um, is legit, right? And I think from a, from an employee perspective, in the CrossFit world, it is very it is very rare to see that. Mm-hmm. Most of them will become a self-employed person, and they will have to give an invoice to their owner, and then they will get some kind of change at the end of the month, or just work black, and then they have another side hustle but you cannot build a carrier on top of that. You cannot put money in the bank. You cannot have a, a retirement account of that, right? So, and I see, and I, I try to see both sides of the story a little bit, being an, being an owner and then not being able to make enough and then, uh, to pay your employees properly. And then you have to pay taxes after them and their social security fees and all that kind of stuff. And then you're like, okay, well, I like you. You're doing a good job. I can just give you, you know, uh, 500 bucks at the end of the month. But from a employee perspective, what that shows is, um, first of all, lack of appreciation and then the lack of trust. And I think without those or with those, it's very, very hard to stay loyal and do a good job as well. Mm-hmm. It's really funny that you mentioned about uh, not being employed. Like I've coached for six years and done seven different CrossFit boxes now, like mostly in the UK. I've done five in the UK and then uh, two yeah. over here. And I've only been employed in one of them out of seven, which is crazy. You know, there like you I, how does that feel? That feels amazing. You know, when somebody put their trust into you and makes a commitment. Yep. You put the pen to paper. And I, I remember coming over actually, and he was, he handed over my, my contract and I was like, what's this? I was like, oh, it's for you to sign. I was like, why? I'm here to coach. You know what I mean? Uh, it was completely, yeah. completely new. And it's, it's funny. It's a, it's an industry built on just like the sheer passion of coaches that they have for the people in front of them. Right. Cause you wouldn't coach if you didn't love to do it. Like it's, you get up too early in the morning, you provide too much of energy of, from your, of yourself. You don't get paid enough. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty hard. You have to like upfront the, the thousand bucks for your level one. Like it's uh, you basically, you prey on the, the passion of the coach, um, which is nothing, to, you know, shit on anything else. Like we don't know 
the side of the, of the business, right? It could be just staying afloat and they can't provide for that, which is, you know, that's it's, okay. It's 100%. And that's why every time I'm in a situation when I feel it's unjust towards me or, or I do not agree with it, I always try my hardest to look at the other side as well. I try to put myself into the other person's shoe and see, okay, with as much as I know the situation from his or her side, how can I understand my own situation better, Mm -hmm. right? But it's funny enough that uh, through this whole um, Glassman and and, and CrossFit change, we came to have a professional, uh, uh, what is it like, athlete, fitness athlete association right but we do not have a professional crossfit coaches association or something mm-hmm. like that you know that looks out for the best interests of a coach because i do think these are universal problems i don't know within the fitness industry or within just crossfit and these are mostly my own experiences mm-hmm. but most of the coaches i know that are having a great passion for this uh, for, for for crossfit they did they either went through a long period of time and they all had to trouble with this and then finally either put their foot down or found a place where all the above has been provided, contract, enough salary, good working hours, possibility to make a living. Um, yeah, it, it, is, it is definitely not be, being spoken about enough, mm. but... It is a problem and it's a very, very, you know, for me to be here and tell a young kid, well, if your passion is coaching, go and coach CrossFit and go through the level one, level twos, uh, try to better yourself and you can have a great life from it. I would have a hard time doing that at the moment, to be honest. Like I, with the whole fitness industry as a whole, I can't speak for the entire world because obviously I don't know. But um, within uh, the UK, I remember it was something like 90% of people that get into the fitness industry drop out within the first year. Um, you're just like, well, there's a problem here. You know what I mean? Like every, every gym you sign up to, they say you're self-employed. Um, even over here, I, I worked in a commercial gym for a while. Won't say names, won't say anything. Um, you know, relationships broke down, um, you know, kind of, and the, the contract didn't favor me. You know what I mean? It was like, no, you're self-employed. Anything that happens is on you. Um, and then you're out sort of thing. So there's, there is no safety blanket. There is no, like, you know, if you get out of college, for example, and you're 16 to 18, how much business experience or knowledge are you going to know realistically? You, you're going to know fuck all. Like you're, you're still a kid at the end of the day. And you're still are you trying to help people with their with their health and fitness and the the wider community within the fitness industry is not structured to help you grow. It's just been like, oh, if you if you make it, congratulations. If not, get out, go get a real job. You know, it's um it's interesting because one of the that you touched on a little bit is that uh the hourly salary or pay, pay, being paid per class is one of the, the most common models I've, mm. I've seen. And the other one is, you know, you get a base salary of a couple hundred if uh, euros or, or dollars or whatever. 
and then the rest you have to make off of like personal training or whatever, you know, you can have that as cash or there, here's the base salary for you. We're going to pay for you. We're going to over, overwhelm you with classes, but on the side, whatever you can make off of personal training is yours. You know, I said, none of, none, none of those are too great. And I don't think it has been um, said enough where nobody really stood up for these, um, not these, but nobody really spoken about uh, about it loudly or out loud. And uh, I can only speak off of Europe because this is where I have the experience, maybe very differently in the States or, or in Australia or in, uh, in the Middle East. But uh, yeah, it is, it is not ideal from an employee perspective. And I don't think it's, I, I'd like to believe that most employers are CrossFit, uh, CrossFit own, box owners, they would love it if they could hire someone and keep everything clean, uh, but maybe they, they aren't able to do that, you know? Well, it's when you, uh, you know, you, you look at the model and in your eyes, it's not ideal. You see the coaches that are running themselves into the ground. They've got to work on their own business, whether that's online, in person and elsewhere, whatever to make ends meet. Um, and then you see that coach or uh, the box owner, open a second facility and you're just like, well, hold on a minute. Like if you've got the money to open a second fucking box, like you've <laughs> got the money to sort out the first one. Yeah, you know, this is one thing I would love to see. And I think uh, Jason Kalipa does that with NCFIT. I listened to a couple of his um, his talks and, 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 and I read about his business model a little bit. Is, as an employee, and I have zero experience in the corporate world, uh so i might just make that up but when you start at the bottom of the food chain you know you will see that if i do such and such and such and meet these criterias in x amount of years i'll be you know one step up from where i am today and with that will come benefits you know more salary maybe a company car whatever it may be and then if i'm going to be there and hustle every day and stay there for three more years, I can take another step up. And climbing the corporate ladder uh, is not something that is appealing to me, but I think just the fact that there is a career path within could be implied to being a CrossFit coach. You know, when you enter a gym and you start your, your journey as an intern and unpaid CrossFit coach, Maybe you don't even have your level one. What is the what are the steps I have to take to in one year I have my level one and maybe a little, you know, change in my pockets. And then if I work two more years at the box and I do everything and I try to better myself, how can I get, you know, how can I get to my level two? How can I if you start at a CrossFit gym and your base salary is let's say 10 euros for one hour what's going to be the criteria for you to earn now 12 euros or 15 euros an hour? How can I get eventually to 20? If, if the model is going to be this hourly or class rate, you know, because I do have my level one, maybe I do have three or five or whatever years of experience, but what is going to qualify me to earn more, to have more responsibilities? You know, I think very, very few CrossFit businesses or boxes have the answers to that. And as a young coach, you need something to look forward to. 
right? You don't want to do the same for 20 years and earn the same no matter what. In an ideal world, you want to earn more, do more, and most importantly, better yourself and learn more. And how can I be a better coach that also earns a little bit more money? And how can I make this my own career, right? I don't want to look for another job at a whatever, you know, I don't want to learn how to, how to roll dough or make a pizza or whatever as a, as a side hustle or, you know, deliver pizza for Domino's or something like that. You do want to be a coach. So how can I, how can I make a career off of this? I think I listened to, uh, I think it was um, Austin's uh, podcast, The Soapbox, Austin Maliolo. And it was basically mm. of like, it was exactly what you've just been saying about career progression and development of a, of a young coach, right? And if you get more qualifications, you end up earning more money per hour or more money per class or your salary ends up going up. And then once you reach a certain point, I think it was, I think it was three years, but you needed your level two you got an option for either offering like a different class to the, to the gym. So like, you know, your speciality is strongman, for example, you might offer a strongman class. So then you would program it. So you would earn more money from that. You would run it. So you'd earn more money from that. And then like you'd, you would, I think he said like you would own part of that um, business in that sort of sense. So you would own like, 60%, 80% of that. So whatever revenue people would come in for that class, you would end up earning on top of it. Um, mm. And then if you wanted to progress again, like you would sell part of the business or like, be like, okay, how can we help you move on if you wanted to do that, of course, not kicking you out. But if you wanted to move on and start your own gym, how can we help you do that? Here's some like part of the business to then go do that. And I think, I think that's the way to do it. Like there has to be, steps to go up like not precisely like climbing a corporate ladder because there's a reason why we're not in a nine to five like it would probably put us six feet under but um there has to be some sort of okay i'm here right now i'm 18 i'm fresh into the business but i know if i bust my ass and get x y and z under my under my belt and still get an experience i can go two steps forward okay if i go through there what other paths can I go down? Oh, I can go down this path, this path, this path. Um, I definitely think there should be more for coaches. Like some gyms are doing exceptionally well with it. Like I've heard that, the, um, I think it was the first CrossFit gym here in New Zealand. They do like a progression thing. Obviously I've got no experience in that. I just know a coach who's been through their system um, and he absolutely swears by it and says it's awesome. But, you know, I, I hear it on the grapevine and I've never actually seen it. So it, it'd be cool to see it a little bit more widespread. Um, and yeah, having a coaches association with with the new CrossFit changes would be cool. And I think that's fantastic what you're saying. And I'm not, I didn't mean to bash on anyone and, and generalize anything. There are, as you said, greatly ran CrossFit boxes, but there are also, unfortunately, a majority where as a coach, just just from speaking from that perspective, it is very hard to plan ahead or, or make a living off of it. And this is one thing that we are trying to do here. We are a fresh box that we open here uh, on Mallorca, but we do have a clear path for coaches. If somebody knocks on the door, uh, you know, we will take that resume into... Uh, consideration and then we may we may not enroll them through our 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 internship but uh but we have a good 
place set up for someone to come in, be developed by us and supported by us. And then, and then also have those steps where you can look forward that in, maybe I do not need to look for another job. Maybe, maybe this is something that I can do for the rest of my day. So mm. it is, it is definitely interesting. And, and maybe because I'm not as much uh, of a part of that international coaching circuit anymore of, 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 and, and, and most of my uh, info is not coming through um of the coaching aspect of CrossFit, but rather the the athlete perspective, uh, I I may be outdated on on most of the information, but this has been uh, the majority of my experience, at least as as a CrossFit coach. Yeah, and I, I don't think anyone's gonna take take it as like you're bashing any gym. Like you know, I think everything starts with a conversation, you know, and you need to like feel out where the boundaries are of the box that we're in and then eventually start pushing it in all directions. And, and like it was the whole process and reason why I started, you know, this podcast, I guess, is like just have conversations and learn new things and like see or hear other people's perspectives. And then you can start going, okay, there's actually like a pothole here in the system. You know, the athletes aren't getting what they need. Okay, cool. How do we, how do we do that? The coaches aren't getting what they need. How do we do that? And I, I do think in the next 10 years, I know like um, CrossFit has already blown up and it's pretty much on every street corner, but I think in the next 10 years, it will go absolutely massive. Um, and I think the new changes, um, I, well, yeah, hopefully it'd be good for us, right? Um, I think the new changes uh, are really going to see it through. Um, I think as a perspective of like sitting back and kind of observing and of the past year, like not really had like much to do. Well, I've had much to do with CrossFit. I'm, I'm, with, I'm within it, but sit back and observing what's gone on. Um, the, the athlete side draws attention, right? It's cool. Like the Olympics, for example, it's cool to watch. Like every four years, it doesn't matter if you're a sport person or not, everyone will watch the Olympics. So it's like every year, it doesn't matter if you do CrossFit or not, everyone wants to see the games. So the athlete side is, is really cool. It's entertainment as well as physical performance, right? Um, so yeah. that's what captures eyes. And then it's it's free marketing at the end of the day. And then that will, is what will end up driving through the methodology, the GPP, the health system, and then going through that way. Uh, but we still need to break the barrier of, of like Western medicine, which is a whole different topic that should make me put my head through a wall. But you know what I mean? I'm not the most qualified to talk on uh, on that, or as a matter of fact, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's uh, interesting. We'll we'll see the we'll see how the new changes pan out. Mm. Uh, yeah, it looks promising, or it did look even more promising when things happen. I want to give uh, the benefit of the doubt and the trust that they do need some time to work things out for oh, sure. Yeah. But one thing from an athlete perspective that uh, the more communication that was promised that coming our way is not flowing as smoothly as we hoped so, at least until now. So hopefully that's that's gonna speed up a little bit in the in the near future. We'll see. Mm. Mm. So uh, 
that's really interesting. I can't, you know, um, the whole athlete side, that is, that's something that's, uh, that's big in your wheelhouse. So like what, what major competitions, like you mentioned about China before we ended up smacking the, the record button and like what major competitions yeah. or competitions anyway, have you, you like jumped into and, and had to play around with? In general, I like to compete. Uh, everyone has a different take on things, but I, I do think, uh, at the end of the day, experience is experience. Win or lose, uh, you need that. From an athlete, I guess it's almost universal to almost everything, but in CrossFit especially, you do need to compete to acquire certain skills that are impossible to acquire in a CrossFit boxer in a, in a controlled training environment. Mm-hmm. So my advice is always to a young athlete, go to your local comps, go to your own gym throwdown, and then slowly, you know, a step further, step further, step further, try to compete outside of, within the country, outside of the country, maybe eventually globally, right? So there were some comps that, I, that were maybe a little too last minute for me as well. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, last, like in 2019, I did the, the China-Iceland were one week apart with... Uh, I don't know what was the time difference either, but, you know, I just landed back home with the plane. Then I got the invite uh, through a friend to to Iceland. So I literally just, you know, put a fresh set of clothes into the suitcase. And then the next morning I was on a flight to Iceland. So that is not something I would necessarily advise to someone, but hey, I had an amazing time in Iceland and in China as well. So... Uh, and I did learn valuable lessons on both comps. Mm. So I just recommend anyone to compete, you know, start small and then take those steps as you grow as an athlete, try to qualify to bigger and bigger comps and mm. take part in them. You know, there is, yeah. What was uh, competing in Iceland like? Because uh, like that, that competition looks like an absolute spectacle. Like they go full blown all out. It was amazing. Uh, I've never been to Iceland. The country is beautiful. Mm. Uh, it is it is a spectacle just to be there, just to see, just to be a tourist there. Obviously, I, I did not have much time to be a tourist there. But uh, just the first day, we did uh, run up a hill or a mountain, rather. And then we had this, uh, this snatch leather in the evening in the packed arena with passionate uh screaming fans you know it was almost like uh, it was like a it was like a dark arena lights on you loud music it was uh, it, iceland was amazing it was a very very well run comp uh high level athletes they did a fantastic job absolutely mental over there aren't they they, they absolutely they, they all just they all just go for it and and really lap it up like uh uh, I managed to I managed to get the opportunity to go over to Iceland when I was about eighteen, I think. Um, oh yeah. And um, just for like five days, really, really cool opportunity, really cool uh, country, and really cool people, like really friendly. You know what I mean? But as of all Scandinavia and Europe, to be honest, everyone's friendly. Everyone's just like, yeah, crack on, do what you want to do. But the uh, the the competition looks absolutely mental. It was, yeah. What's it's very, I'm very glad to hear that 
uh, they're going to be getting one of the uh, regionals or sanctionals or one or whatever you want to call it um, uh, for this year. So that's pretty cool. Oh, wow. I've not actually, um, I've not actually heard I anything. Oh. <laughs> this is, I, I, it's, it's not official, I think, but the two, two throwdowns that we hear more and more about is Lowlands Throwdown and Iceland being the two, uh, two qualifying events within Europe. Oh, wow. Where's the Lowlands? Uh, Netherlands. Oh, nice. It was, yeah. uh, we had, yeah, um, so was it cool. Central Europe that was in Germany or what was the other one? There was one in Germany, wasn't there? Yeah, one of them, one of them was in Germany, in Berlin, in, in Berlin, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So how big is, uh, how big is CrossFit in, in Hungary? In Hungary? Uh, it's, it's growing, man. I, uh, <laughs> it's been a while I've been, oh, I should say this, um, I've been living abroad for a long time now, uh, here and there, and uh, I feel a little bit sadly removed from the, you know, I don't have uh, the firmest touch on the, the pulse of the Hungarian CrossFit scene, mm -hmm. but uh, we're trying, trying to pay attention and then be, uh, obviously with COVID restrictions, it's hard to travel, so mm -hmm. uh, trying to be as big of a part of it as possible and support the, uh, my home country. But it's, it's necessarily growing and slowly, little by little. So, so yeah, it's not too bad. Mm. I got um, I got a lot of love and respect for that side of the of Europe, man. Like I spent a little bit of time in uh, Slovakia too. So obviously, just the yeah. itself. Um, and it's it's awesome, mate. It's stunning, stunning place of the world. Um, it seems like everyone's invo uh, involved in some sort of health activity everyone's outside doing stuff um it's it's you know it's really nice to see people just randomly like climb a climb a huge hill just to have a barbecue like you do back in the uk people would just <laughs> go outside to have a barbecue you know what i mean never mind climb a huge hill yeah. or go for a run on a sunday yeah. morning so um it's a it's a really cool part of europe and and the world i i love spending time there man yeah, you should definitely come visit. It's uh, Hungary. Budapest is a beautiful place. And, yeah, good food, good people. So Good food. Yeah. European food, mate. That's probably, uh, I tell a lie, probably European beer is, is what I miss the most. <laughs> Especially okay. when it's like 80 cents. Yeah. But I, I, I heard of... Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't beat the price, but uh, but I heard the food is pretty pretty great in New Zealand as well. Now, yeah, mate. Like the um, I think the the coffee the, as well. The coffee is next level. The they are good at making coffee. I'll give them that. But um, the biggest the biggest difference, especially back at back in the UK. So everything's you know a lot of it is farm farm factoried and. Uh, you know, fed on yeah. food pellets and stuff. And over here, everything is grass-fed. Everything. You know, they, they yeah, don't... Just to, um, uh, yeah, just to, just to try the food and the coffee would be worth it to go now. Yeah. To New Zealand, yeah. Well, there's like oh, 5 man. million people yeah. here, man. So there's, you know, you've, you've just got grass galore. There's no one here. That's amazing. That's really, really amazing, mate. You're always, you're always welcome if you want to uh, 
if you want to take a holiday, if you just want to come train, like <laughs> mate, get on a plane. Thank you. Well, we'll 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 see if 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 any comps are happening and travel uh, bans are being lifted. We'll we'll definitely make a trip down there. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I really appreciate your time, brother. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, we 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 talk a little bit more about uh, coaching and. Uh, competitive CrossFit, so. <laughs> hey, but I mean, uh, look, I'm uh, I'm very happy to have the opportunity, and uh, I hope if someone listened to it as a and has coaching aspirations, or 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 helps that person, or somebody who's a coach at the moment and struggles with um, with the with the problems that we we've, we've been speaking about. I don't know what the right answer is to, but if anyone wants to, you know, reach out or something, uh, mm. if I can help, uh, I'm more than happy to. Hundred mm, percent. It's all about that discussion, right? And just, just working yeah. it out and and asking those questions. Be the revolutionary, as as I might say too many times. You know, don't don't push the line too much, but you need to you need to figure out where that line is and and try and help the next person and the next person and and so forward, so we can all grow, right? Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're in a sport that's like what fifteen years old. Like it's it's still a baby. Like exactly. we're still figuring yeah. stuff out. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's true. But thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast, you, and thank you for waking up. I hope you go back to bed, uh, sleep a couple more hours. I've got some more work to do anyway, so I'm up for the day now. Oh man, hustle, hustle life. Yeah, you you got to, mate. Like I I made the opportunity. I I took the opportunity to. To, to travel 13 hours ahead of everything else you know so i've got a i made my bed so i gotta sleep in it it's fine all right i i respect that all right, man. thank you so much for having me nah, thank you sir. thank you so much and have a good one take bye, it easy bye. man bye